Yo, 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 what up, people? It's your boy, Trav Dave, and I'm back again. Actually, this is where we started at, but this is the second time around. You know how I feel, you know how I do. This is Needle to the Groove. And I'm here with, um, we're, gonna call, we're gonna call him a superstar engineer today because he had to engineer the session today to get this shit rocking. Hey, man, you got all type of shit, man. We recording over shit and all, all types of shit, man. But yo, I want to thank everybody that's tuned in to Needle to the Groove. I'm here with none other than my brother. I mean, listen, when I, when I tell y'all like where I get my hip hop spirit from is like when I met this dude, it was like, you know, obviously he's like a big brother to me, but it was like meeting a soulmate where, um, you know, somebody I could talk about music with and really talk about music, not just hip hop. Or, or let me let me rephrase that, not just rap. Like, we could talk about music, and then we could talk about hip-hop culture. Um, at the time, it was rare because everybody wanted to talk rapidly, 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 rap, which was cool. But I didn't really have that many friends I could talk the hip-hop culture with. And, um, you know, we we bonded over that. And, um, you know, we're going to get into the story, but we really bonded over that. And I took it real serious, and he took it real serious. And, um... A lot of heavy words like soulmate and bonded. <laughs> this is about to be an emotional show. Nah, man, I'm just explaining to the people like you know the connection where you know I was finally happy to meet somebody I could talk hip hop with and not just you know rap music with. So well, we started it like Cam did, like yo, just yo flex all that and all that. Google me. <laughs> <laughs> now keep going. Now keep going. Where, 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 where. So <laughs> I got a flight to catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how this is gonna go, man. Um, the one and only DJ O Sharp, needle to the groove. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's like, like I gotta be like I gotta, I gotta be third. Pause. I gotta I gotta. Like I was first though, right? Actually, this episode gonna come out when it, when it come out. Pause. But he was actually like I said in my little post, man. You was just, I was the I was the first first the one. Reason why this, yeah, you know, all right. You know, you get your credit, man. Hey, man, down, hey, man. man. I just was like, damn. I was like, oh shit. I, I was the first one he called. Well, the first one that came through, and I'm like. Oh, I ain't, I'm not the preview. Got, I'm not the premiere show. Nah, I got you know I got my lineup and how I'm rolling it out, man. Hey, man, dude, dude this your, this show. <laughs> listen, man, shout out, and congratulations. Thank um, you. What's this like? What's this like fourth podcast you've created? Uh, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. All right. I what's mean, the network called? Like you creating something, Trav? The, you got your you actually have content. You're a content creator now. I am. So, I, I didn't really think about that. I mean, full blast radio. Um, Shout yeah. out to King Seven the Great, rest in peace. Shout out to Rich Knight. Shout out to D One Don Dixon, and uh, then the B side, mm -hmm. then the R and B side. But I mean, that was still under the network. Uh, we got next. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that lasted a little, you know? little hot two months. <laughs> yeah, and then what all, we're it, about. but it happened. Yeah, man. Yeah, but yeah, it happened. Yeah, yeah. But um, we here now, and we talking. Listen, man, don't give me these. Don't listen. I'm here for this DJ shit, for real, for real. Like, how how, how nerdy you want to get? Like, nah, you want to get? There. You want to talk about what kind of mixers are the best, or the first mixer I use? Or you want to talk about that. belt drive turntables? You want to talk that. about you know? Nah, this we can. For, this is for the DJ culture, man. This ain't for the fair weather fans you know what i'm saying this is for the people that really want to understand dj culture or the people that do understand dj culture so 
Um, I always start off the show like this. Why DJ it? Um, man, so I think for for me, this was the first part of the culture that was social. Okay. Like everything else, like so I'm a graffiti writer first. Um and that's that was personal. Like we don't want, we don't have trains in on in on in Columbus. Like you gotta you know, Cleveland yeah. Cleveland hit you know, I think those guys hit trains, pause. Um it's gonna be, it's gonna yeah. gonna be well we talking music, but this is probably gonna be yeah. a lot of fun. I mean, I'm saying like this, <laughs> I I feel like there's a lot more a lot more guys in Cleveland and this is a graffiti term, like they get up, they actually get to the trains, the train yards, like, and not subways, I'm not speaking, but for me, it was like my black book, you know, I, I, I did my art, I did my graffiti in my black book, and I didn't really share it, so I did my first party um, when I was 13. Now, the part about the music is, I was a... Um, We're going to get to all that, slow down. Slow no, down. you asked me why DJ, and I'm about to tell why you. Why you DJ? So, the first, the like, I was collecting music like whether it would be it was all on cassette so my first really my first experience with DJing it was like it was the social aspect of hip-hop that I felt I didn't feel isolated and so I was like oh this is what it is like you can be with your you know I'm 13 14 man I'm 13 and I'm with my friends experiencing hip-hop so it was like that feeling yeah kept going like it was like yo I like the music um shout out to BHB um shout I was to BHB. I was actually um, I was dancing for one of his groups maybe for him like so he had but he's a he's all around like you need to get him on the mic uh definitely uh would love so if y'all know BHB yeah, that's him. that's that's easy pass but he's the guy that showed me in person, like, all the things that you can do in hip-hop. Like, he was rapping, he was making his beats, he was DJing on songs. So it was like, I was actually to be around somebody Shout like that. the Hip-Hop Expo, man. The Hip-Hop Expo, man. It's like 30 years, man. I mean, my <laughs> daughter is, my daughter was raised out of there, man. Yeah. Like, Carnell got a, got children raised out of there. Like, so it was, it was the exposure. I seen him in person first. But I was heavily, inf- I'm heavily, heavily influenced by Jam Master J. Heavily influenced by Jazzy Jeff. Like, uh, Grandmaster D. Like, those are the DJs that, you know what I'm saying? Like, listen to them on records. Like, oh, what are they doing? Yeah. And it was the Mixmaster Ice. Let me say that. <laughs> Let's do this. The 45 of Roxanne, Roxanne. That really put the chase on it. That that sound, the fresh. This stuff is really fresh off of the challenge to beat. Uh, Five Five Freddy off of Celluloid Records. We're going to nerd out. Let's do it. Let's I heard it. that. I heard that. I was like, damn. So that's bef- that's really before BHB. I heard that sound. 84, 83? 84. Yeah, and I'm trying to touch the record. Like, like, what is that sound? So that's really what the bug came from. But the exposure, like, continuing to, to see the social aspect of it, that was like when I was 13. And it was like, man, I, I can actually be with my friends and do this. Like, I wasn't graffiti. I wasn't writing in my book with my yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was was how was uh, how prevalent was music in that in the household when you grew up? Like, so my um, so I'm 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 seven of eight children. So I had um, my sister. She's passed on. She had a record collection. 
Okay. And she was she was a Prince fanatic. <laughs> like, but she was like she was like you know. She was buying all the vinyl, 12, 12, 12 inches, all of that stuff, like anything that he put out. So I remember there being Prince Records in the house. I remember there being um, uh, Rick James Records in the house. And I remember there being uh, Gap Band Records in the house. So that's for my, my, my siblings. There was always music playing, like, you know, in the morning. But my, my mother, um, my mother, she was from Kentucky, so her musical choices like i can i can rock with kenny loggins because she used to rock with kenny loggins (laughs) i can rock with you know bluegrass like she's from kentucky so she didn't always just do the r&b thing so it was a a radio station wcvo or something like that is an am station and that would be on sometimes as well as wvko and that's where you would hear all the r&b stuff of of the 70s for me so it was always on in the mornings. Like my mornings still start with music. So um, my siblings and my mother. Right. So when you when you say like when you was uh, socializing with your friends, when you, were y'all watching videos first? Like, cause who who did y'all look at like as a DJ superhero? Like, <laughs> it's funny, Trav. Like, the, I mean, because I know you in the comics, so. In my mind, like you equated hip hop with the comics. I didn't. As far, I didn't. That didn't? was a separate life. That's a separate life. Okay. That's a separate life. My like that. Like for me, like my art bag, like me growing up drawing. Like I, I could draw before. Like I, I probably would. Like I, I'm not here to to brag, but I probably was a prodigy. Like I probably, I probably, I have vivid memories of drawing versus vivid memories of walking. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I've always been able to draw. There's always been a pen, a pen and a and a notepad in front of me. So that was when I I found graffiti, and that's um, Beach Street. Okay. So when I when I met graffiti as an element, I I could see myself then. I could see myself like literally. This wasn't like because the comic book writers. You know, we comic book heads, man. Yeah. Them was all white dudes, man. So I, you don't see yourself. Like, representation does matter now that I'm talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So, the older you get, you really start to see. Like, yeah, like, I, I, you know, some of my favorite comic book artists, John Byrne, like, he's a white dude. Albeit he's a phenomenal artist, but that's not me. Yeah. So looking at, looking and looking at um, Beach Street and just seeing, like, how black kids, Spanish kids were responding to the art that was on the wall it resonated because they was young. So that's the first thing. The actual socializing with my friends, man, I was, um, like, I'm, I'm still, you know what I'm saying, unknown to most. I'm an introvert. So I could, like, that's how, like, literally music brought me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I could sit at home and just record music by myself like I do now. <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing changed. It's really like I'm, I'll be 50 this year, and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm nine because I'm, yeah. I'm sitting at home. I got my iPad. I'm drawing. I'm reading comic books. I'm making mixtapes. You know what I'm saying? Like that day, I, I just put out a mixtape. Yeah. That day, I was reading the Daredevil comic book. Uh, <laughs> looked at my turntables. I had a crate of records that I hadn't really got back to. Like really, that's that's a that's a redo set. But I, I just mix and match some new records in there to make yeah. it, you know what I'm saying, go to do what it do. But I'm going to tell you a story. When we were, um, I grew up in Agla Green, 
Um, AG Somerset, don't get a subset. Truly like the sunrise after the sunset. <laughs> Rest in peace to Ozzy. Ozzy, Oz Tame, <laughs> Courtney Elmore. Um, we would play Foursquare and call out DJ's names. That's fire. You know what I mean? That's fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm a young, I'm a young boy like that. Like, we still we still playing kid games, but the hip hop is already the seed is already planted in my in my mind, in my heart. So, you know, I'm I am a I'm a humongous like run DMC are it does not get any better than run DMC for me. Yeah. You know, we I don't want to debate who you like and who I like. No, nah, but I've I definitely heard you say consistently over the years, Run is... Run is the prototype. Run, Run Joseph Simmons <laughs> is the prototype MC. We can now... I will do I will do the nerd thing on, like, like why... Because, I mean, if you look at Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, and you look at even the um, Cold Crush, they all look like... They don't look like what we look like now. We're still doing things... That run D and particularly J and J started. We're still doing them. Yeah. And so when I think about that, run was the poster child for that. But it's really, you know, now that I actually learned, it was Jam Master J that was the influence. Yeah. And he was the influence on DJing for me, Mixmaster Ice, Jam Master J, Jazzy Jeff. Like I can remember, like when Jazzy Jeff came here, when Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff came here the first time, the radio station actually played the concert. Oh wow! Like they actually aired the concert. <laughs> That's crazy. so I heard because yeah, Will didn't really cuss back then. Like nah, nah. I'm reading this book right now, man. It's a dope book. It's, yeah, it, I just like, listen to podcasts with Will. Hey man, that it book. Listen, fun. to be as vulnerable as he's being in that book, it'll make you think about yourself. Like, ooh, did I go through that? Yeah. But Jazzy Jeff, I remember hearing the bird scratch, and I remember hearing. You know, we'll set up the transformer scratch. So I'm listening to that on the radio here, Columbus, Ohio. And I'm like, yo, this is bananas. Like, what is that? What is that? What is that? So the DJing part, along with the 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 connection with the art, hip hop, you know what I'm saying? It was like it was it was just growing for me as like this was, you know, like as as you know, Jay Rawls would tell anybody, like this was the the youth. Like the first thing that we created as a genre, as a culture, <laughs> like it was, it was spoke to all the kids. Yeah. Do you remember the first piece of vinyl that you got? Oh. Or that you bought with your own money? Ah oh, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna tell you how that went. I'm gonna tell you how that really went. Um, I can tell you. I'm gonna because I'm gonna shout out my mother. Um. I remember, because I, I, I'm i a progressive music fan, so I remember 80, 88, um, nah, it might have been 87, my mother brought me a Yellow Man tape, so if you know anything about Yellow reggae, man. she bought me a Yellow <laughs> Man tape, and I think she just could hear, like, this. he ain't listening to the, he ain't listening to what we, you know, like, was playing on the radio, yeah. you know, my my neighborhood and my I went to Mifflin High, so there's a there were a lot of kids um, in in a neighborhood, Walnut Creek, that were New York transplants or had New York family. So those kids would Shout leave. Out to Courtney, right? Huh? Courtney, Elmore, didn't he have people's up top? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yup. Damn, you made me think. <laughs> but like, the, all, all my friends in the neighborhood, they would leave for the summer. They would come back fresher than us every school year. <laughs> Them boys would like they hit like I didn't know about the Coliseum. Like yeah, they was going yeah, to the yeah, Coliseum. Yeah. They was all Queens. They was all from Queens. They would come back with these mixtapes. And from the radio stations like Red Alert, Molly Maul. Um, I never had I didn't have too many WHBI tapes. I've heard I heard Awesome Two, but they would bring these tapes back and they would kind of filter them out through certain people. And I was blessed. Like yeah. I would get them. And so I'm listening to stuff. And so reggae started to take off in my neighborhood. Shout out to Graylin, um, Grape 8. He had dreads. I was remember when he was like, I was 15, he had dreads down his, to his knees. Like, <laughs> but he used to ride around playing reggae in his in his van because, you know, he was a roster. So we was exposed early. The first, first piece of vinyl, uh, I think, now I'm recalling somebody, because I was like, we was piecing turntables together. Yeah. Like, so my guy, Esley, and you know TJ. Absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely know TJ. So we was doing Shout parties. We was doing, doing parties for people. And, you know, we couldn't we couldn't charge them, but it was like, yo, if you buy us some records. So I remember, like, it, I, I keep wanting to say Humpty Hump. Like, wow. that was the first thing that I bought that, or that somebody acted like. But, that's 89. You know, like, so like I tell you, everything else that's coming through my home is from my sister. Like, all my spending money went to comic books. So right around 89 is when it's like I've, I've started to just lean heavy into this DJ world. And people could see, you know, how, you know, I don't know. This, I don't know how they knew. But I remember my my friend, Marcelle Crumbs, she, she actually bought some 12 inches for us. Fire. So that was where I started buying. Um, man, now buying records? Oof. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason why I do this podcast now. Um, even, but like, during, during your high school years, like, how did y'all, you, I know you said the people from New York bring around tapes, but did y'all, did y'all like chill together and listen to music? Or I'm going to tell you a classic moment. I'm going to tell you a classic moment. So, bigger and deafer. Like, you asking about watching videos. Yeah. I'm going to tell you two things. So, not everybody in the neighborhood had cable. So, not everybody in the neighborhood had <laughs> Definitely BET. Definitely know that struggle. <laughs> so, we didn't even have BET in Newark. <laughs> so, check this. I remember when bigger and... Like, so, I grew up in a time where MTV was the first um, outlet for rap music nationally. So, you know, kids in New York had... You know, video right. jukebox. Yeah, right. So they had, you know, they had Ralph McDaniels. Shout so Ralph. if you're not in New York, you're waiting on MTV to play two hours. You might hear Michael Jackson. The next two hours or three, you might hear Prince. Might. Might. <laughs> so imagine right. Run DMC breaking through and then you got to wait for all the other black artists for them to play that King of Rock. So that might be a six hour wait. Man, that's a fact. So you if you if, and if you you know, we was active kids, so you're not really waiting. So if you've seen it, you've seen it. So here comes BET. Now BET is gonna make a big deal about some things. And I don't know when they fell in love with rap music. Cause I don't think everybody loved it. I know they didn't. But I remember when Bigger and I remember when I'm Bad came out. I remember people, because we had cable, I remember people at my door. They couldn't come in. Like, oh, y'all can't come in here. My mother's still here. <laughs> but they at my door, 
and I'm watching the video, and they <laughs> like, yo, let me see, let me see. So that's how that went. Like that, that started to be the social social part of it started to grow. And then when Bigger and Deffer came out, we left school. Like Mifflin was empty. The black kids was out of there. Go to Buzzard's Nest because we was on the north side. Go to Morse Road. You go copy you a Bigger and Deffer, or if you you know like. So I grew up on. I, I grew up in Brittany Hills. And in Ackler Green. How crazy is that if you knew the history? So, <laughs> yeah, Louis yeah. Record Shop. Yeah, that was going to ask you about Louis. So, and, and uh, now, record stores, period. Now, I can t- I'm going to tell you about Louis. So, I remember, you know, kids going to Louis, going to Birds, Buzzard's Nest, and coming back to the hood, and you you have 10 people like this. And then, listen, listen, we all know each other. So, we all in the same, we might all be in the same court. So, you might be at Sunset's house. I might be at my other guy's house. We at this homegirl's house. But everybody's playing the album. Nobody's at school. That's how <laughs> big the, like the same way that Get Rich or Die Trying hit, that's how Bigger and Deffer hit. Like, yeah. it shut us, it shut, the, it shut us down. Like, and that's 87. Yeah, that's 87. 87. And Mifflin always has been isolated and progressive. As far as music go, because I can talk to guys that I grew up with about certain certain music artists, and they're all like, "Yeah, I remember when that." You know, then I get outside of my circle or outside of my neighborhood or the people that I know from that era that I was really you know dealing with, and they don't know these, like they don't know about Mikey D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Mikey D is the guy that really. LL might have took his whole style from. <laughs> yeah, big, big, big. Uh, he jacked them in Queens. Yeah, but you know, like people don't. I like people don't know. Like you know, that's not an everyday thing in hip hop. Like we was listening to Chill Rob G. That's not everybody's listening. Like yeah, because La T, uh, La Kim Shabazz, like all of the flavor unit before Latifah. Yeah. So those that's that's kind of <laughs> like how how I sure, grew Rob up. G got me cracking up because everybody confused like snap. The snap. <laughs> I, I was hurt because listen, everybody here, confuses that. Here, here's here, here. which is nerd. so funny to me. <clears throat> nerd shit. <laughs> the verse is off. It is like whoever lined it up lined it up a bar later, so it doesn't fall. It fall. It fits for that song. But if you ever heard the original song. Court, I think it's court is non session. Court, yeah, I think that's where that verse. Don't say this. Don't say that. Every they cut it. Everybody's a critic. It's getting kind of hectic. Like they it's cut getting, it. It's getting. It's getting like yo. Hectic. They cut. They cut like eight <laughs> bars off. So it works for the song. I get it. But um, yeah. Shout out to Chill Rob G. <laughs> nah, you're talking about how everybody in the court was listening to bigger and different. Yeah. So like that was that was another big big moment. Like he he was. He was like, you know, what 50 Cent did. Like, I remember having to take a tape recorder to a party or a CD player when um, all those mixtapes for 50 was out. Oh, man. Like, I had, like, you had to play, is that you, Irv? (laughs) Ecstasy? Like, you had to have that. You had to play that. So I had to take a CD player to a party to DJ. Like, I can't go tonight without playing this new guy. So... When what was your first party that you actually DJ? Do you remember with like, vinyl or just DJ? DJ like, uh, like as yeah, a kid. I was, I was I was I'm gonna say I was 13, maybe 14. I had a bag of tapes and I had this one like it was criminal minded on one side and paid in full on the other. So I remember um, Heidi and Heather, two girls 
that lived next door to Troy, they were they were having a party. <laughs> they were having a party in their basement. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Hey, in my life. They were having a party um, in their basement, and I don't know who suggested I DJ or ladies like oh, oh got a bunch of music. So I came over there with this bag of this this. I don't even. It wasn't. It wasn't like a book bag. It wasn't that many tapes. Yeah. Um, but I had. I had enough. Son had a grocery bag. <laughs> had a Myers bag full of tapes. Man, I, I went over there. Super duper. Might have been. I went over there, and I remember the best part of that. Like I'm telling you, like this is where it became social. Shout out my guy Darius. Shout out my guy Craig Borden. They were very popular. These is one of some of my best friends. I, I was relatively new to the neighborhood, so, but I knew the right folks. Yeah. And they were, I remember them being at Craig's house getting ready. Like, Craig used to put like a thousand like pounds of starch in his in his jeans. <laughs> and he would put like, he would like Jordan 3s. The crazy no. crease in the jeans. Jordan, what was the second Jordans? Yeah, not the 3s yet. The 2s. The 2s, I'm trying to think. Like, like, he would put, he would put, um, Extra socks in his tongue, make, make his like it was just make his shoe look bulkier, like but it looked like a, he looked like a graffiti character to me. <laughs> but they were dancing, like they were dancers, they would go to the rink because you didn't always skate at the rink. So I'm like, yo, I ain't never been to no party. What I'm gonna do? Well, they showed me how to dance, and literally, between them showing me how to dance, that bag of tapes, the opportunity. That literally changed my life. And that's where, you know, I became social with hip hop. Like, you, I'm dancing with my friends and I'm playing music for the people in my neighborhood. So when you when you were playing on the tapes, did you consider yourself a DJ or you I just... No, man. You just, no. just playing. I wouldn't tell nobody I was... <laughs> like, I'm just telling you, like, in the aspect of playing music, selecting music, you know, like, there, there hasn't, like, hip hop DJs are relatively new compared to DJs, period. You know, like yeah. there were DJs in the 70s, 60s, Absolutely. playing just, you know, the 45 in, they play another 45. You know, just the radio was like, you know, it'll fade out <laughs> and then another song will come on. He might yeah. say something. Disco DJs is the precursor to hip-hop DJs for sure. I, you know what? I believe you, but I've never, like, the only time that I've heard, like, there's, you know, like, Red Alert has a term, um... BR, BRR, before rap records. So, you know, all the break beats, but then there's DJ Grandmaster Flowers um, out of Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn. And so listening to his recordings, you know, they weren't playing rap records and he wasn't scratching. Like, there, nobody was scratching. I've never heard, um, uh, I think Pete Jones, I've never heard him. I've never heard Frankie Crocker DJ. Like, I don't, like, those were just before my time. Yeah, I know who they are. Yeah, yeah. And I know that they were prominent DJs that Flash would look at, that all the old head DJs that we consider forefathers were looking at these guys. But those guys were, like, Herc didn't blend. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of, from what I know from disco DJ, because I, I enjoy the disco culture a lot, is that they were the first to really buy the two records and blend. Yeah, I'd have like I can't, I can't like, really, really blend. Like I've never, I've over. never heard another DJ before Flash, We're not scratching like, before Grandmaster Flowers, 
that was actually blending. Like that's as far as I go back. Um, Hollywood, like Hollywood was blending. Um, I don't know if he would consider himself a, you know, a, a disco dude, but he played Hollywood? disco. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably played, I mean, just the music at the time because, you know what I'm saying? No, but that was the beauty of, like, hip-hop was playing everything. That's the beauty of the culture. Yeah. Not just playing what's on the radio. You're playing what's in your neighborhood. Like, um, you know, Herc is Jamaican. Absolutely. So, played a lot of reggae. And then if your father, like, a lot of these guys that had, you know, influence from they, they old heads... Like, if your father was playing Bob James, then you would play some Bob James records. If your father was playing Curtis Mayfield, then you would figure out, like, oh, that Curtis Mayfield record is a groove. It's a bop. So we're going to play that. So the disco thing, really, I don't know how how much it, how much we pulled from disco. Of course we did, because, you know, two turntables were present. Yeah. But, you know, from the what, what I've been taught in, in all the old heads I've talked to, you're looking at collections of records from cultures. So you're going to get some Calypso. You're going to get yeah, some sure. Tito Puentes. You're going to get, you know, if the beat if the beat can lock you, especially for whatever dances the young people were doing. So I, I was thinking about this because, um, you know, I always tell people, like, you know, I, I had to do my due diligence. I had to carry records um, for you and for Rich and, for, you know, the whole Usual Suspects crew right before Serato's, but did you ever carry records for any DJs? Did I ever carry records? Mm-hmm. Man, you ever carried a record in a gunfight? <laughs> yeah, carry some crates in a gunfight, B. I mean, I've been outside. No, in like like literally, <laughs> like so, um, here's, here's, here are some of the DJs that, you know, really, really influenced me. You know, you know the Brooklyn Butcher. Absolutely. Um, DJ Wiz, like that's, that's where it kind of starts for the turntable side of me being able to uh, be around it every day, like, and and have somebody that knew what they were doing, that knew what they were really doing. Like we were learning. We had you know belt drive Panasonic, a belt drive technique, you know wood frame, a wood a wood a wood frame Panasonic with belt drive with a you know little like <laughs> that we sounds nasty with, with up and down realistic. So, but Wiz, you know Wiz. He had he had turntable he had techniques like twelve hundreds, and <clears throat> I think his first the mixer when I met him, um, it definitely was a Gemini. So to be able to be around him, you know, it was like all right, where are you going? And what Wiz? I I know the name. I pr- think I met him like once or twice, not really. But was he like? That dude, like he he for for like if you've ever if you've ever heard the you know um the mix this mixtape thing, like I know it can work. I know I've seen like whatever they say about Brucey e. B, you know, making those Harlem World tapes mm-hmm. and the shout outs, you know, that's you know, shout out might cost you a hundred dollars. You know, you want to brag, say, Oh yeah, he's talking about me. I you know, I paid a hundred man, I, I paid five hundred for that, yeah. you know, and I got the only one. Yeah. So you only gotta be yeah, in my bands to listen to it. The original NFTs. <laughs> yeah. So, like, for, for me to be around Wiz, one, this was the science. You had to be able to carry. You carry you're going to carry these crates, and you're going to know how to pack the car. Because if you can't pack the car, you can't go. Because these crates and these certain these speakers and these turntables got to go. So, we would get to the party. Um, 
you know, that's kind of where I learned this thing, this this playing out on a bigger level, yeah. not just in the basement. But for Wiz, man, Wiz, we would like literally he would pick me up and he always had some some pounds, some heavy speakers. Um and he would ride to he would start because he was, you know, off of Wilson and Sycamore. He would start at B and B on Livingston. Go there because he used to work there. Okay. That was a record store. Then we'll go to the Alum Creek record and tape outlet. <laughs> record tape outlet. And then you get on the freeway. And so, so there was a Sun TVs across from there. So he might go buy, you know, the blank tapes there. We'll get on the freeway, go down to campus. And go to singing dogs, <laughs> and he would, you know, he would do his run of records, and I would literally watch watch this dude. And if it was on like a, a Wednesday or he was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he's prime time. Mm-hmm. So on a Thursday, or no, nah, he didn't DJ on a Sunday because I remember going to Papa Jacks with him on a Sunday. So literally, he'll do that run in the after in the early afternoon, and it was almost like some Jay Z, some Jay Z shit, like. Yo, when you gonna make this? When you gonna write the song, B? Yeah, like he just sit like, there. Like, when did you practice? <laughs> yeah, like he don't like literally. He'll just be like, "All right, he'll go in there and start recording." Like he'll sit there, smoke, and play video games. We'll talk. We'll watch. You know, do ever just be BSing, and then he'll go. He'll walk in the room and he'll just start recording. Like I and I learned like I I would watch him, put, like open records. Like he would rub the. Uh, like I'll show you this drive. Like you see it, like, oh, you gonna feel like a, you gonna feel like a DJ. Like, you know, you know, you ain't trying to peel it, like he'll rub it on his leg, so it still keep the plat still keep the the uh the plastic wrapping on it. Yeah, but he can still get to the record. Like, so he'll just do that and he'll be, he'll just go in there and start recording. Like no run, no, no just a dry run. And go crazy. And it'll be a mixtape that'll be a, like that that tape. So he'll he'll do the master. I sit there and do the dubs, so I play it, record it, put, switch it over. And then we do ten of those. Then by that time, he really done BS the whole day away. But this mixtape is fire. We'll go to the club at like twelve. He'll literally walk in and you'll see it was like crack. It was <laughs> yo, like crack. Yo, yo you got that? that? You got that? You're like ten dollars, ten dollars, ten dollars. He like the only thing I could say Wiz never really capitalized on. He never went up in price. Like he, I don't know if he saw. The value in it, like he never took the chance to say, "Well, if they buy it for ten, like let me shout you out," because he wasn't a vocal dude. He grew up. I mean, he's a Brooklyn guy, mm-hmm. but he didn't really get on the mic like that. So he never shouted nobody out. But he knew all the hustlers. It was this literally looked like Harlem world. He knew all. Like I met all the hustlers by age seventeen. I knew all the hustlers on the east side, all of them, all the hustlers on the north side, because they all bought mixtapes from him. I knew all the part, all the party promoters. I knew all the concert promoters. See, that's the thing. The concerts back then, it was all drug money. Yeah. Like if anybody that grew up in Columbus and you had a ticket that said Watts Entertainment, that's right. <laughs> like I, I can. I mean, I, nah, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I can tell. I tell you all, Mike, and I'm like, yo, this. I can tell you where, where, where we would go, and you know, like, oh, that's the guy. Like I'm. I remember buying a, a run DMC ticket. I remember you talking about like two shades. Man, he a body to clubs, man. Body. Yeah, he had Alexander's. all the Touche's, Papa Jacks, Alexander's, yeah. Headliners, um, like uh, I feel like there's one more I'm missing. But all the clubs at the time, he had all the prime nights. 
he had all the prime nights. He didn't, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Like, that's when, like, you know, I'm going to say this. When 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 drugs ran the city, it was way funner. It was <laughs> Absolutely. way more fun, any, man. Any event where the money is being spent constantly is like, going to be fun. Think about this. Think about this. <laughs> when when before Papa jo- Papa Joe went went away, how how the clubs used to pop. You know, and my favorite Papa Joe story is really like he he was there, but me and you take an Osh to DJ at a club. And Ash is like a kid, kid, a Ash, kid, kid. So, and then we're taking her to the club to DJ, and he's like that, in there, and but, him but and his that, crew is in there going crazy. And that's I'm another. Like, that's another extension of Wiz. You know what I'm saying? Like those passes to be around certain dudes that you know what I'm saying. Like I ain't no square, but I ain't no. I'm not no gangster. I'm running up on the bike with no gun, but I know. I know who. I know who. Who and they know who I am. So there's always respect, but the respect came. Because of Wiz. Like, he would have me around people. Like, I remember, like, literally coming over the crib and Dawson sitting there. Columbus legend. So, <laughs> this this is, you know, not music related. Yeah. Home com- or coming home on Mount Vernon, I literally, I'm walking across the street from the making, and he's walking towards the making. Yeah, oh, man. So, I'm walking towards the plaza. We speak. That's it. We speak, you know, respect. Yeah. And then five, like five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. It's going down. But that was like the city just had a different vibe when when the hustlers was hustling was prevalent. Pre- prevalent. prevalent. That's the word. <laughs> prevalent. But it, like it made too. the mood, it made the music scene like it just made the music scene so much liver. So so did you basically did Wiz like he went away from it, and you and you stepped up, or was it was it like nah, a nah, pass, nah, passage? Nah. Or I mean, no, he he like you know he passed last year. He he literally was leaving a club when he you know what I'm saying he he got you know he had a moment and he went to the hospital and the next day he passed. Like he never stopped DJing. I just um, like then you know then here comes Rich. Okay, so that kind of is where you know. I'm I'm not around my neighborhood guys as much. I'm spending more time, you know, on campus because the music is different than like that's and that's when I met the Brooklyn Butcher. Shout out like, to Stan. Man. So then you said his whole you said that boy whole name on here. Look at you. <laughs> I mean yeah. I know he, he's respected. Yeah. That's why he be like he got mad aliases though. <laughs> Safiq, Safi- yeah, 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 yeah. He got a hundred aliases. Like you probably been bagged, didn't even know it was him. Um, I remember when I met him. He always reminded me of Raekwon for some reason. Yeah, he was he was DJing, but it the it was like all right. I knew I didn't run into the I didn't run into the uh, I was at, at the union. I didn't run into the party and went straight to the DJ booth like I normally would. The music was rocking. The party was jumping. So we just start going. And then I remember something came on. So I'm like I'm telling you, like I'm normally with Wiz when he's buying records. So I, I kind of knew the new, I knew what he had. Yeah. Something, I think Steezo came on. Oh, that's uh, a piece of Steezo, man. That skull snap came on. I'm like, oh, that just came out. And I looked up and it wasn't Wiz. It was the Brooklyn Butcher. It was Stan. So... I go up like, yo, you know, like, how you get that? Because that just came out. <laughs> like, he's like he's another Brooklyn kid. 
He but he worked at Singing Dog. Him and him and Wiz was tight. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know they was tight. So he, you know, and you know, Stan was telling me like he would order the records in the city. Like, yeah, but he would always because they both from Brooklyn. So you know, you know how New York dudes do when they leak out here. <laughs> but Stan was taking the records. He was like he would only put four out. He would keep the promos. Uh, so he had like if only two came in, he kept those two. So he was the only guy with Steezo at the time. So I, I'm fresh off a mixtape or an, or a red alert tape. Then I seen the video. Then I heard it at a party. Like yo, what's up? Who are you? <laughs> Who, what's your name? So like th- those like man, it started to it started, and then I met Rich. Like if you want to know like how like me and Rich started to link, you know, in on the DJ level because I was already. You were, that's why I, I want to know. Were you already DJ O Sharp yeah. right then? No, nah, I didn't. Mm. You know, I didn't settle on O Sharp until it was like you know you run through a hundred names because I'm rapping at the same yeah. time. I'm making beats. It was like, oh man, I ain't even gonna do myself dirty like that. <laughs> but I had a. I know, mean, I know some of your aliases, but I just want to know. Oh, the old thing is like I ain't. I don't know. That's neighborhood. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what that is. Yeah. But O Sharp came. Is that more like the professional? It was just like, because <laughs> even even on the coming home, oh yeah, so yeah, we gonna leave that yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy though. Like you know, what I'm saying you just thinking the names, like what what's the, you know, what can be, the one that stands out. And you don't think like you know you are gonna turn fifteen, like you really wanna be called that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> O Sharp was like one, um, very like my father. I'm a junior. Um, I love like my my father's side of the family, man. It's just it's always been a certain level of you know expected um like they kind of like you you know don't be out here <laughs> fucking up the yeah, name yeah, B. yeah nah. legacy yeah the legacy, legacy matters legacy, legacy. <laughs> so when i was like thinking about it like yeah you can't i can't be out here doing nut shit so i you know i was like let me clean this up a little bit and it just like oh that's gonna it just works O sharp just works people thought it was something to do with music like you know an a sharp or a flat whatever <laughs> like nah my name is otis sharp yeah <laughs> like i just took the Took the I, first I hit letter. it out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, simple. But Rich, Dave, like my name is Travis Davis. Like, yeah, it worked. But I, I, I credit I credit Rich for um, the bigger push outside of the neighborhood and being exposed to because he was you know he's he was he's another New York kid and let's take it to the Queen side. He he was you know connected with enough guys on campus. To start doing parties, he was DJing in his dorms, and he was a track star. Oh, uh, phenomenal track star <laughs> and a phenomenal dancer. That whole mop top and all them, like a lot, like you know, those is his guys. Like he, I, don't, I, I often wonder if he stayed in New York would I, would I have seen him in a video? Yeah, because that's how good he is. Like he still got moves. Yeah, but me and Rich linked up, and then we did. You know, we started doing this Rich and O Flavor show, and we was DJing like a tandem. Like it wasn't like. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going to play four records, you play four records, you know, it was like, or I'll start, you know, the night or you, you know, however it was, it was like, literally, we were, you know, back to back, guns out, pause, and and killing killing the party. I remember my favorite memory of DJing with Rich, like, we 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 went to the, we got called, we got hired to do the Mecca. Mm, the Mecca. So... I didn't get to venture in the Mecca oh, too many man. times, man. I was shout out to Nakia, shout out to Randy. I was like, a little bit to, too young. We used to go to the Mecca, and like that was my first time at First Friday when I was like, like 
like, all right, I'm gonna go to this one. This party is, yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't. It wasn't my vibe. It just wasn't my vibe. Basically, right. I'm, I'm raised different. But me and Rich did Mecca, and when we got there, they was like, yeah, y'all gonna be in the back room. We was like, huh? Man, it's a warehouse, man. This is like. This is it's like the tunnel. Son. This is like like that movie I keep telling you to watch. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like know. it was crazy. It was like something not in this. It was out of the norm for the clubs I'd experienced in Columbus. So I thought we were gonna be in the main room. So here we go. So we get put in a little bitty room, man. Before you know it, so it's this room and it's like a lounge and it's another bar behind the big room. The line, the bar, our room is. Capacity, as Rich would say, slave shit packed. <laughs> Capacity, and then the lounge area is packed. So the promoters came from the main room, which really didn't have that kind of, didn't have people in there like that. And they was like, "Yo, y'all gotta go to the main room because there ain't no ain't nobody out there." <laughs> that ain't my fault, son. <laughs> like this, that's kind of what it's supposed to be. So we went out there and we did our thing. Right. And that, you know, that was kind of the progression of, you know, me stepping out of, you know, like I always, like it's never, never going to be a time where I'm not going to show Wiz that respect. And I carry those crates. I, I literally told you I've been in gunfights. Like I'm carrying a crate out of a club. I'm 16. And there's like, here's, he, he drove a green Catalina. And there's a big, big, big car. There's a guy at the front of his car kneeling down like some old Starsky and Hutch type <laughs> stuff. Pew, 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 pew. He's ducking. They shooting back. I come out the club with the records in hand. I'm like, yo, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like a movie. like Yeah. They, he's shooting. They shooting. I'm like, oh, man, you know how many shootouts I've been in, in two shades, literally? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I am extremely lucky to be here. But that was, like, that's why I always wonder, like, if this is what you had to go through to be a part of hip hop, how many guys now would do it? Because that's yeah. that was literally, you know, for me, it was a part of the hip hop thing. It was like, well, here he he got all the records, he got the music, and if I want to be around it, I got to be around him. So, when did you get your first personal set of twelve hundreds? Oh man, I was eighteen. Ooh, hustling. Nah, but it, it was a hustle. <laughs> so, people. People often think because if you if you look at records and you see like uh, Fred, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Eric B and Rakim, or if you you know listen to Gangstar, you think you you know Premier does the beats. So people often assume that if you DJ, that means you can do beats. Absolutely. Now we were aspiring <laughs> to do that. We had you know we had wants to learn. Like <laughs> TJ really was the was the guy that really. Had the he at that time he had the best ear, but so it was um, a white kid named Brian Botley. Um, he wanted to do a demo, and our name kept coming up as he was searching out like somebody to make his beats. He didn't he makes beats now, but he didn't make beats then. Yeah. So somebody led him to us, and he was like, "I need you know I need a demo. Somebody to create my demo and." Please listen to my demo. You know me, man. I'm a flip. The, I'm I'm a flip. The, uh, I'm a I'm a flip it, man. Like, all right, yeah, we can do it. Yeah, but we need turntables. Uh, yeah, because we're gonna sample records. Absolutely. So he bought he bought a new Mark mixer. He bought two turntables and, and needles. And you know, but 
that that didn't live long. We did a party somewhere, and it got it was it, the nigga start shooting and fighting. <laughs> like, yeah, we, I mean, we, you did mention Agla Green and Brittany Hills. I mean, yeah, we, we man, we banged out. We came back, everything, records and all, gone. Man, that broke my heart. That hurt because that was the beginning for me. That was like, oh, we we good. We can we can do this thing. So, you know. It, when when I didn't have records or or turntables anymore, I just you know when Wiz like will come come back in the house, you know from doing a club or a party wherever he was at, carry all that stuff back in because he wasn't leaving in the car out of that neighborhood. <laughs> right. But he'll go to sleep. I'll hook it all back up. So by three thirty, I'm a DJ. I'm a, I'm gonna tear these records up. I'm killing these like I'm whack. But I'm I'm getting these hours in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know he sleep. He sleep, he sleep hard. He, sleep, oh, <laughs> he, he high. Like oh yeah, I'm over here killing these. Uh, I I still you know like I'm I'm thankful. I still have his um his whistle records. Uh, just bugging. Okay, okay. Like I I still have them. Like they he he colored he colored the um the record label red and he had duct tape um as his marker. It's funny. I've even cue points. Yeah, this is this, you know where where he would start the the cut, and I I have actually been able to acquire records with his name on like like because he sold his collection. So you know, going through wherever to whoever to sing to use kids like I know that record. Like I know the writing because you know it would be on the mixtape. I still I have um, Mixmaster Mark from mm. Neon the Neon. I didn't really go to the neon. Oh, I have his collection. Like, and then literally he he was I seen him at Rosie O'Grady's and I don't know if he was DJing. I was just in there hanging out. I don't know why I'm in Rosie O'Grady's. I That's can count that on one hand how many I times mean, I've ever been that there. Out. <laughs> <laughs> but he was there. And you know, I think this at the time, people, you know, we have you on the Serato and you're like, yeah, I don't need these records. I hate carrying records, but I'm still in love. Yeah. I'm a vinyl head. I am a vinyl head. Like yeah, and, that, and we go, we gonna get to that. So, so I he 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 said if you come get these records, you can have them. So I went and got some of his. He didn't give me all his records, but he gave me a lot of his records. And then he passed. So I'm like, man, I got you know to have a DJ's collection of records as they pass on. You still got some, you know they still remain. So since 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 we right there in 2022. Everybody uses a controller. Not everybody, but let's say 90% of the DJs. Why do you stay with 1200s? Um, because I'm a, you know, some people always use this and, and throw like, oh, I was a purist. Um, like, I love DJing. Like, not just the playing music. Like, I love how turntables look. I love, like... Like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, once you unlock the, 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 the code, like once you like, oh, I can know how to do this. I know how to do these things. Yeah. It, for me, it was euphoric to be able to emulate some of my favorite DJs and then to find my own voice. It was, it's like, oh, this is my thing. This is my thing. So it's like, man, I just love. I love how it feels, man. It's you know I realize you know what I'm saying on some deeper levels. It was like my it was a safe place outside of my home, and it, so I just 
you know, it's like, man, you, you got your favorite chair or you got this new chair. <laughs> yeah, like, new yeah. chair look good, but it don't feel like that. And all techniques feel the same to me. Like, it's just, like, put these records. Like, that's why I be, you know, like, I and I, I got I to gotta slow down sometimes because I just be like, yo, it's a mixer. It's Everybody's used a mixer. I be, you know, folks, I run into folks and they're like, they don't really, they they like, pre- and you can have a preference. I, I, I clearly stick with what I like. Yeah. Vinyl and turntables. I get it. But I'm just like at the end of the day, this is just it's what we all learned on, and just go. But because you used my controller one time, and I think it, it was just on some. I I had to, uh, but I had two gigs that night. Yeah, yeah, and you had your table set up. Tables were set up for my party that I was throwing. Yeah, but somebody had hired me for only like two hours. Yeah, so it was like, man, I can, like, I, we got tables. Like, I got more than one set of tables. But it was like, man, I'm only going to be here for two hours. And they wanted me to go back and forth with a DJ pause. <laughs> Good pause. Um, so I was like, all right, what's convenient? Like, I get it. You know, controllers are convenient. And, you know what I'm saying, like, for yourself, you've been around turntables almost I, all of your life. Absolutely. So when you're at this point, you're like, I kind of want to go into this culture further in the DJ world. Like, you're an MC. So for you to say now, like, I kind of want to enter that room. Yeah. And so what gives me the quickest head start? Do I go spend 1500 <laughs> on one turntable <laughs> or, you know, hunting down turntables and all this? Or do I just, you know, I got a laptop. I know all the music I can get from, you know, streaming services or my DJ friends. I just need to actually yeah. have something to play. It makes sense for you. I, You know, this, but this is what I say. If you are, if it's like... Whatever, whatever your preference is, if you like women, you like men, but you only been touching yourself all your life. Man, when you finally get to that woman or that man, whatever your thing is, you're going to feel a whole different way. Like, yeah, we're going to pause that, all that. but Nah, you ain't got to pause that. <laughs> I, it, man, the metaphor makes sense. <laughs> Yo, but it's the real thing. No, I, I, I understand because... Like when you get to the real thing and you, and, you, and you watch like the things that you're learning now on your controller... And you learn those on vinyl because vinyl is going to tell you the truth. Your controller is lying to you. <laughs> your controller is telling Talk you your heavy hand is cool. <laughs> and Serato lied to us. Serato took five years away from my 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 time as a DJ because I because when we started doing the redo and doing it on vinyl, you could tell. You could just tell. Like you could, I could tell myself. Like I don't have a touch no more. Like I know the rudiments. I know how to do it, but my touch. Cause we we're rocking on uh, relative, relative. Don't skip on on Serato when you're using needles. Nah, you can literally pick your needle up and put it back down, and it's gonna be on the same spot. Like it's not gonna stop. The music is still playing. It's gonna catch up, and it won't be no real like it just be a, a pause in the music. But you put it back down, it'll be on beat. Yeah. So I knew we were losing our touch, and the touch was the thing that separated. You know, everybody couldn't scratch, everybody couldn't blend, everybody couldn't use turntables because you didn't have the touch. If you acquired that touch, and that's literally some of us will put more more pennies on the needle. Some of us learned how to weight the um, adjust the weight, or you might have knew what the skate was. Like all that stuff matters on turntables. You ain't got none of that on controllers. Yeah, it's plug and play. Absolutely, it's plug and play. (laughs) So, but is there a reason? Like I know you said you're in love with it, but. Do you frown at people like tenure people that just focus with that, don't use vinyl or don't use techniques? I, I I say this. The only the only time I really frown, I think when I think about it like this, 
um, there's always going to be that moment where you're the first time somebody sees hip hop. They see the culture in person. Not, 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 not whatever job, whatever, whatever element. They just like, oh, I've heard this thing. I've watched it on YouTube. I've even watched it on my Instagram. My uncle used to say he used to do this thing. He was a part of this culture. But you're the first time they actually get a physical, get exposed to the culture. So what I would want it to be the authentic thing. So when I think about kids that see DJs. So there's going to be a group of kids that all they're going to know is controllers. So yes. they're, so what happens to... Like, only kids that know three-point shots. Yeah. They don't know nothing about... Kevin Left McCall, hand layup. Kevin McHale on the post. They don't, they don't know, know nothing, nothing about, you know, <laughs> uh, like, keep it on basketball real quick. Like, I'll be talking to, I'll be talking to Bug, his son plays, you know, and, and I've, I've been heavy into high school basketball games. Like, no kids know how to do a post-entry pass. I don't know. Or receive it. Like how to seal your man, let right hand out so he can see where he wants to throw the ball. Whether it's going to be a bounce pass to that hand, or he can just you, you got enough touch that he can throw it to your hand. You grab it, lock him with an elbow, spin, and you at the hoop. Like them kids, that don't exist. Nah, it's so this, positionless basketball. So here's the thing: like me and Prime was talking about, like right now, you if I put you on the turntables, you wouldn't know how to backspin. Because that's touching itself to get to your spot. Like, spin the record back to get to the parts you want to play. Yeah. Because you don't have to backspin because you got cue points. So, that's that, like that's like learning how to go left in basketball. Can you backspin to your part? Like, that's the whole science that Grandmaster Flash was showing us. He was like, six rotations back, I'm at the one, boom. Six rotations back, I'm at the one, boom. Like, he, could, like, he taught us mathematics. With that ability, but if you can't, if you can't touch a record and keep it in the groove and get back to your one, and let it go on time, yeah, you kind of. I mean, I ain't calling you bad. I ain't calling you nothing. I'm just telling you, like, yo, when it go, when it's time to go play, go play with the big dogs, and there's nothing but vinyl. You can't play with us. I can play with. I can play in that league. I did the um, soft flex. I did a block party with Ted Smooth. Um, Brucey e. B showed up. Kid Capri jumped on the tables. Grand was a Theodore jumped on the tables. Red Alert was there. Like, so I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm actually in the beginnings. Yeah. I'm with, with my the OGs. <laughs> and my and here's here's how whack and how like two parts. All those old heads only using, we're talking DJ shit. We nerding out. They only use 57s. We are now to 72s with the Rain products. Yeah. They only use 57s. Man, I haven't had a driver for a 57 on my laptop in probably seven years. So when I linked up my, when I set up my laptop, because I really wanted to go with vinyl. But I was like, man, I got to fly my vital. You know, I'm on the yeah, plane. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. drive. So it was like, all right, yeah, this is where this is where having a controller or having your laptop is hella convenient. This story is I've heard Quest Love talk about him shipping crates of records to go do gigs overseas, and poof, that crate ain't never coming to you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this is where it is convenient, but it's also where the abilities that I have because I started on vinyl. All I could do was like I was gonna chump it on, take it on the chin, pause. Or there was a controller, and my laptop linked up to the controller. Mm. So it was like, what you going to do? Oh, 
you got to figure this out. So it was like, all right, I rocked out for my uh, 30 minutes on that controller. And then look, because what initially, you know, because I'm, I'm not from I'm not from Harlem, I'm not from New York. I know all, I know about the history. I know my way around New York. Facts. But I'm doing so good. You can hear it. I got a video. Ted Smooth say, keep going, keep going, sharp. <laughs> like I'm rocking. Ted Smooth, straight face, you, you remember? remember? Red alert. He's like, oh, what's I, yeah. yeah, like I, I'm getting the approval from my old heads and, and my contemporaries. And it's like, yeah. But because I can dribble left, I can play the position correctly. I can use a controller. So what I've asked every DJ that I've interviewed, when you go into a club and a DJ is playing music, can you enjoy yourself? I mean, um, I know you don't really go to clubs and bars like that, but when you go into an event and a DJ is playing, can you enjoy yourself if you're not working? So um, it depends. Like, it really depends. It really depends. Like, so we, you know. I'm talking about DJ Joe Schmo. Nah, but so. From, you know what I'm saying? Just. Like, so Boog is like Boogie. And like, so how I've like, like you asked me about, you know, new rap music. I'm, a, I'm I can be really generic. I can tell you like, oh yeah, I listen to Griselda. That's generic now. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, but we've been listening to Griselda for like seven years, six. Like we've been like <laughs> first. Yeah, like there's no when, when all you schmucks didn't know. Do 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 do. We was all yeah yeah. We like SoundCloud Griselda follow. Like I got a whole like, three hours. Westside being on Sky Zoo's album in 2015. Yeah, yeah. Griselda. <laughs> like like so now I don't know. I don't know the rap music that well, but because we've been doing these parties, and one of the parties I'm really like I'm really intentional on on making an impact with is Bump the Floor, and that's house music, and you know that that's that's the flagship for Boogie. So me and Boogie are always talking about house records. So that's like if you ask me what my my last purchases were, it would yeah. it would probably been about some house music coming from overseas and I can tell you like, oh yeah, this guy got this or that. So that's kind of where, you know, I'm listening and because one of my one of my questions was, did house music replace rap music for you? Not hip, I mean obviously. Jazz replaced rap music for me. Jazz yeah, okay. So Black Jelly Beans is really a jazz album produced by some hip hop cats, me and Eddie yeah. Beard. So but that like for a while I just got tired of hearing dudes talk. Like I got a I got a whole bunch I got a whole list of beats. And that's really how that black jelly beans even is even why. It's the stones that these are these are the stones that the builders refused. Nobody likes black jelly beans. So I started that album in 2015, it didn't come out until 2020. These were beats that nobody wanted. So you you remember when everybody was getting beats from me. Yeah, I do. And then there's a point where nobody wants beats, but I knew I had beats. I know I'm, I'm still I'm still that guy. <laughs> yeah. But nobody was on my vibe no more. I wasn't on their vibe no more. So it became more of a it kind of leaned into the jazz world because of Eddie. Eddie's you know, world famous, world class saxophone player. So to speak his language, I just started to immerse myself in the jazz world of listening, just listening and seeing how those songs are structured or not structured. Yeah, because jazz has a 
weird structure. You know, like I like hip hop, not you know, 16s, 8s. <laughs> and then there's time signatures, like you know, like like to talk to him and you, you're like, oh, that's a three four. Like all right, but all all we normally know is four four time signature. So to be able to tech, you know, in the end, shout out because I think today's Dilla's birthday. Uh, it's or Dilla, yes, Dilla, Dilla, Dilla Day, Day to the seventh. It's today's the seventh. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of the things you know when I think about you know we're gonna keep it back to the rap music. Mm-hmm. Dilla was able to play hip hop beats, make hip hop beats, in. Six eight time signature, yeah. Like, Dilla was special. He was special. He was, he, special. He was special. I'm not the biggest Dilla fan Me either, but he was. But you, I know. I, I, I know what I heard. I understand. Yeah, donuts is where donuts is where, but it's more instrumentals. So yeah. I just stopped wanting to hear rappers. So like, I got a whole bag of beats where I'm. Saying, I'm. A, I'm gonna put it out. It's called "Fuck Your Bars." Absolutely. He's like I just I always feel like DJs are rappers in the air, but that's another conversation. Um, <clears throat> but can you enjoy back to so yeah. I can when Boogie is playing? I like we just did a party probably less than a month ago, and Boogie like literally you know like we're breaking house music again for some people. Like there's a couple there's a couple other DJs in the city that play house music well. You have to be able to play it good, and you know just being able to. Just as you got a lot of up tempo beats with four on the floor, that sometimes it just don't compute to the the people that don't know house music. So we literally, like myself, DJ Jama, and Boogie, we did that party at uh, Two Truths, and like Boogie just he just turned it into a he turned it into a party. Like you could just see people because I'm monitoring people walking in, walking in past the bar, <laughs> turn back around like no walking past the bar to get to the dance floor. Like you ain't gonna get your drink first. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like oh, the vibe <laughs> is there. And then um, before that, but it was house music and and some Afro beat. Um, tall kid named Jason. His, uh, his Instagram is J Testarosa. I didn't know. Like I didn't know. I knew he DJ, but I didn't know. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> sitting there. I literally came into the bar to just to work. I had my iPad and I had my laptop. I was gonna do some 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 art. And he played. A live Caribbean version of hot music. Music. Shout out to Pal Joy. He played a live Caribbean music. version of hot music. That sounds ill. <laughs> he played a live version with a Caribbean feel of hot music. I look, oh, you know, I don't do the Instagram thing where I'm, you know, I'm here posted up, chilling, blah, 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 check me out. Like, I don't do that. Like, I was literally like, like yo, y'all gotta hear this shit. <laughs> like, yeah, son. This and look, the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> what the? That's literally. So he he was playing that night. My homegirl came in. She's a dancer. We turned it into a party. Like it was dancers there, but we got on the like I danced. I you know the last time I danced like no. like no I'm talking in a cipher. I felt like I was I nineteen. Like Hip hop expo. Last time I seen you go crazy, you and Dame Lee. BHB man, so it was like crazy. Nah, so it ain't a whole bunch. It ain't a whole bunch, man. And there's some good DJs. It's really like how you how like I'd be more excited about the DJs now how they rock the party than I am about did they make me dance. Yeah, like like Mr. King, 
he had and he was on your show. Absolutely. You know, he had like the freshest events. I'm gonna plug my I'm nah, plug. we 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 gonna talk about that. Yeah. We're gonna talk about all that, but so I'm gonna say he had a moment at the summer six one four. Oh yeah. Where he tore it down. Like I went I was like I was the closer. Like the only person after me was Ja Rule. <laughs> and I did my thing. <laughs> but King did he was But crazy. when I look at when I look when because I told King, I said, I know what I know what I know who I am. But when I looked out to the crowd when you were DJing, like I just seen fun. And that's really how I measure this thing. Like, do you have fun? Yeah. And he he made that crowd have and, fun. You know, bigging up King and what you were talking about, King can play in that league with the vinyl and the controller. Like, so, you know, big ups to that. Um, scratching versus blending. What is more important to you? Right now, blending. But, like, and, and it shows. Like, I just put a mixtape out, and I was like, man, this ain't a mixtape if you ain't cutting and scratching. But, you know, there's some scratches on there that ain't right. Like, I was like, oh, snap, this, this, this ain't me. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, I'm not going to hold the, I'm not going to hold the content because it ain't perfect. I just, you know, it's like, all right, this is me getting back to that world of DJing where, you know, I can get my tricks off. I can get those scratches off. But blending is where my focus is because of house music. Like, that was like, you know, I like I'm, I'm a student again. Boogie is so far ahead of me in this house world. I mean, he's from Jersey, so it's he a cheat code, it. though. It's a cheat code, but it, it ain't. He just it loves is, it. He, he loved it more. It's, it's like I'm from I'm from Ohio. And this this guy's this guy's that's from New York. I've rocked in New York. I've rocked the forty forty, and it like dog. Yeah, but I'm saying I don't care. He bug bug. He grew up with it. Where dog? What I'm telling you, he has a Chico. No, it's not a Chico. <laughs> he loves like he loves house music a certain way. Yeah. Like he, he can't stand it. So this like how I love DJing, like you could take me to New York if that's where it starts. And I'm like, go, let's go. You don't love it like I love it. You ain't put the hours in. You ain't had to you ain't had to walk the walk I walked to get to this point. Yeah. So I love it better than most. So that's why I'm better than these guys. Boog is better than me because he's loved it a certain way. Yeah. And and then I'm gonna say, like, yeah, he was born in it. That's why he loves it a certain way. But this y'all think about it. Boog was playing trap music for like the last 15 years. I know. I know. I remember, listen, when, the, when the pandemic hit, he was like, he had already said, oh, I'm done. And in my head, I said, all right, we got to make Bump the Floor a, a profit for him because he don't want to do this no more. So yeah. when we start doing it more frequently, he, on his own, I could see he was sending videos or he's posting videos like, oh, he's practicing early in the morning. Yeah, he practicing. still practice. Still practice. He loves it the right way. So when I'm a student or something like that, man, I that I put out a I put out a house tape and it was like, Bug, tear it apart, pause. Like, tell me, tell me, you know. And he was like, Yeah, you know, like and he and because he loves it so much, he was like, Yeah, right here, this is kinda like, nah, the Chicago niggas, they really wouldn't fuck with it because you had the you had the vocals over vocals, and he said, But you you let the records breathe, you know? You know, you yeah. let the records breathe. He's like, and you play some joints I never heard before. So I knew I was like, all right. Things I was feeling about to take, like, yeah, I should have played that later in the song so this part could come in and it could be a smooth transition. So blending, like, and listen, all DJs listening, I'm going to say this now. Try, just try it. Try, try, try it. 
don't use your effects. Don't use your echo outs. <laughs> I, I just it's like more of a crutch. So like when house music, and they you we use effects, you know, while the song is playing. But I was cheating for a while because I didn't know, I didn't understand how to transition out correctly. Like you can fade out, but it's a smooth, it's a smoother fade. And Bug got, you know, he got a rot- rotary mixer, so we all now getting exposed to the beginnings of house music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes it it just makes your blends way smoother. So it's like learning. You get I'm falling in love Bug with Bug won't do my show either, man. Yeah, I talked to him, man. Yeah, he's he's not going. Um before we get into all your events, because you had tons of them and you know, we definitely want to plug them. Why do you practice so much? Man, being whack is like being being it's like the whack is like the devil, man. Shout out to Twister, man. Oh man, you'll never want to be whack. Nigga. You'll never want to be whack. Nah, man. You don't catch a brick, man. Just get on this umbrella, man. You don't want it. Oh man. Nah. But I I love like I see you got you got the Kobe Bryant picture. I know Kobe loved practice more than he loved the game. He loved the journey. Think about that. He loved the journey. Remember, you read the story about him and Phil Handy? Wow. Yo, you're going to be there at 545, and he shows at 545 p.m. He says, wrong, motherfucker. I was there at 545 a.m. Yeah. He loved the game. So it's like, this is part of the game to me. Like, if you come over my crib right now, my records look crazy. Cause I've been I'm going through them constantly now. Like I'm just like, oh, I forgot I had this. I gotta play this. So if I play this, I want to play this. Now before you know it, it's a mixtape. So all your events, you got too many to name. So go ahead. And, oh, and, and look at how he wants shortcut my life. <laughs> it's like nah. It's, it's this is this is it. This is it. This is really it. So right now, you know, it's like I thought. I thought. And I, me and Bug was talking about this. I thought I would be, you know, like Flex, Farm Master Flex. Like, I'm 50 this year. I, if I make it to May 22nd, I'll be 50. Flex is 55, but Flex is still heavy in the clubs. He's heavy on the radio. And he's, and heavy he's with the young boys. Heavy, heavy, heavy playing, you know, a lot of the current music. And it doesn't resonate the same way for me. It doesn't, you know, like, I don't have. You know, this is something I learned from Puffy, and this is why um, Bad Boy's run was so phenomenal. He understood body memory. Like, he's sampling records that your body has a memory to, so you were, you were cleaning up the house to to uh, cool in the game, Hollywood swinging. So when Mace mm-hmm. rapping over it, you just like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was 12. And, but you just got the box hey, to it because it's hey, new. Hey. So those things... I don't have no real connection. Like the last connection I had to a record, like I think the French Montana, um, uh, what do he say? Fuck around and miss your blessing. Yeah. <laughs> that record, like French Montana, here's the thing, here's my philosophy. And I'm gonna say this, and you, you probably can edit this out. I, I'm gonna say I ain't like, editing this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> can, if you got a speech impediment and you got a New York accent, you're gonna win. But that's not how I want to say it. Yo, that sounds so wild. It's going. You want? I can. You want me to prove my philosophy? Nah. No. Let's let's go real quick. Real quick. Eric Sermon. G- cool G rap. G rap. 
Mace. Mace. 50 Cent. You French Montana. Oh. All of them won. You cannot lose with that accent and you got something kind of wrong with your speech. That's crazy. I don't know, man. I just like I, I just you know I did the math on it. Like, oh, these guys has got the same formula. That's yeah. When Fifty didn't have a speech impediment, he wasn't winning. Wasn't winning. <laughs> Talk Bars. about your event, man. <laughs> <laughs> so the events, man. The, um, what I was saying is like I didn't want to be the old guy in the club no more. I didn't. My life changed. You know what I'm saying? I found God. Like, yo, you can't. You don't, like, there's nothing here for. There's no substance. You know, for a long time, my life was revolving around DJing in the club, like being the hottest guy in the club. And then when that didn't matter anymore, you know, I, I took a long, I took like two years off. Yeah. And then the redo pops up. First first year of the redo, I don't DJ. Like, I, you could see me coming from church in a sweater and a tie <laughs> in some pictures. Like, I'm just there. And then, you know, it was like, oh, man, I feel I feel the bug again. So here we are. We're 12, 12 years into the redo, probably five, five, four or five years into the all vinyl version of it. And, you know, my my the way I'm built, you know, I'm, I'm really in. The, I'm looking at lemonade like, all right, you gave me lemons. How can we make lemonade? So we started to do things. And, you know, as it whittled down, it was just became me and book. And when we started to put a price tag on it. We seen like, oh, I understand how to promote an event and actually monetize an event. So it's like, what else do we want to do? So then Bump the Floor came. We did Bump the Floor as a brunch at Two Truths. It was me, Rich, and uh, Bug. And it popped off. All right, cool. And it's like, all right, what else? Well, King and Jama, they love the Southern music. All right, Southern Comfort. Southern comfort is, you know, Southern hip hop with Southern food. Yeah, that's a fire. Um, Poss, Poss too. You know, he loves the 90s, you know, deep underground hip hop. All right, let's do the butters. Prime, he fell in love. He when he when he found his love for DJing again, like for real, fell in love again. It was the 45. And the 45. So the 45 delights. Prime hit me up the other day. So, like, I just started to be able to, and I really was looking at my guys that I'm, you know, DJing and redo with regularly when we figured it, when we kind of figured out who was going to be there and we could rely on. I was like, oh, this is kind of building up to a team. No different than the usual suspects, no different than the Alliance DJs or a Crooked Style or all those, all the teams that are in the city or have existed in the city. But I looked like, I, I felt, I felt good about DJs creating an event that actually paid DJs what they were worth. Like, I don't like, you know, if the if the event makes money, I'm gonna pay you well. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the other ones are growing, but when they make when they get to a point like the redo does, we're gonna bank. But now the mind like I'm shifting gears, man. Like I don't I started, you know, going, I, I'm, I'm deep into graphic design. You know, when the flyers, like when I started being not in control, but, you know, my voice was more prevalent in the planning of the redo, how we looked going out mattered a lot. That's my art background. 
So I'm doing some somewhat of creative directing the flyers. Didn't know how to use Photoshop. I've done it before, but didn't really know how. Yeah. Then the pandemic hit. And then our guy, he was like, yo, I'm chilling. Like, I can't do this for the price I was doing it before. Yeah. So I knew we couldn't pay what he wanted to pay. I just We just couldn't. We didn't, like, there was no money coming in. But we still wanted to be able to do things and look a certain way. So now all my creative parts are working in tandem. The music, the art, the just the ability to, to, to sit and, like, what can we do? To create. To create. So fresh, the freshest events... But you know, like I've been running with this freshest thing, like fresh for '88, fresh elements. So it was like, hmm, I think I'm on to something here. Oh, the freshest events. Yeah, branding and marketing. It's working. It's working. Like we got like the 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 plan. The plan for 2022. <laughs> like I want to be able to throw an event, or I want to be able to 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 curate an event where I don't have to DJ. And none of the team, like we can make money without being present. Like that's my goal. I'm gonna figure. I'm figuring that part out. But I got so many events. This Cali love for Ro, for Ro the realest. <laughs> Shout out to Ro. Birthday this this month, twenty yeah. February twenty fourth. Like I got events, man. I got events. Like try I can. Uh, for the right price, <laughs> I can make your shit party. Hey man, hey. All right, we gonna end it like this, man. Top five favorite DJs: Kid Capri, Jazzy Jeff, Mixmaster Ice, Jam Master J. I got one more. One more. Um, me. Talk your shit, man. I wanna thank you for doing this again for the second time. <laughs> Second time around, you know. Hey, it's your boy Chad Day, DJ O Shark, Needle to the Groove. Thank you again, bro. We out of here. Peace.